HR Trends is a weekly podcast featuring interviews with leading experts in the field of human resources. Produced by Unum, HR Trends draws from the deep bench of subject matter experts at Unum, as well as industry partners and national HR thought leaders. This program is not intended to constitute legal advice, and it's for general educational purposes only. If you need legal advice on a particular situation, please contact your own attorney. Welcome to HR Trends. My name's Claire Morin and I'm your host. And today we have two guests on the program, Ellen McCann and Darris Freeman. They're both Assistant Vice Presidents Legal Counsel at Unum's Employment Law Group. And today we're continuing our conversation of looking at the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Today we're looking at state and municipal law considerations for return to work. So as you're planning for that new reality, how do you think about the state and municipal considerations? Up until this point, we've largely been talking about the federal response. We've been talking about the ADA. Today we did want to uh, bring in that state perspective. So welcome, Ellen and Darris. Thank you, Claire. I wonder if we could begin, Ellen, what are some things that employers should be thinking of from this sort of state and local level? So I think the first thing employers want to make sure they're thinking about, Claire, is making sure they're up to date on what the latest government mandate or requirements are around bringing their employees back to work. And so, as we all know, you know states are in various degrees or varying degrees of starting to open up and open up for non-essential businesses in particular. And so many states have issued some pretty strict guidelines around how employers are to go about bringing employees back. Some states have been specific enough to say, for instance, your employees will have to wear some type of facial covering, even if social distancing is possible. Other states have, have not become that specific, but they've certainly said that there's a time frame during which certain types of businesses can open. So the first thing you want to do is make sure that you're familiar with whatever your state requirements are that will govern how your employees interact with one another in the workplace. And really don't stop just to look at the state because as we know, we've seen certain cities have their own requirements as well as counties. So you wanna make sure, first of all, before you bring anyone back into the building, you're bringing them back in a way that's going to be compliant with whatever those regulations are that exist in your state or your city or your county. So in addition to the specific requirements at the state or municipal or county level for bringing employees back, what other considerations should employers be keeping in mind around this planning? Right. So some of the things they want to think about is, you know, many, many employers may not be ready to completely open up or might not be able to, depending on the requirements for how many people they can have on site. And so they still want to have those same considerations in place that they've had in place thus far. And that are things like, you know, for your employees who aren't able to come back, what are the local unemployment requirements or are there job share programs that have been started in your state, particularly in response to COVID? Um, what are the WARN Act requirements? So the, the WARN Act is a, is a law, there's a federal law, but almost every state has its own version. 
where that requires employers to give certain notices to employees who are going to be laid off or if they're going to be closing a business. And what we've seen is a lot of states have passed their own versions of the WARN Act, uh, and they've particularly changed their laws in the face of COVID. So you want to make sure you know what those requirements are. What are the implications for either bringing people back to work or perhaps there are people that you can't bring back? So you want to look at that. Another thing we're starting to see is many states are changing their workers' comp programs or making it more clear that for essential businesses, people who do come to work um, and they do uh, contract COVID-19 at work, will that be a workers' comp event? And so there's there have been a lot of changes in the workers' comp uh, arena as well that you want to make sure that you're aware of when you're making your decisions about who to bring back and how to bring them back. And then I would say the last thing you want to consider really is what are the particular wage and hour considerations that will apply to you in your state as you're bringing people back? So are you obligated under state law to pay for any personal protective uh, equipment that your employees might need or might want? Are you obligated to pay employees for any time that you may have them doing uh, health screening, for instance, whether from home before they come to the office in the morning on an app, or whether it's when they get to your work site, if you, if you decide you will be doing health screening, making sure that you know what the wage and hour implications of that will be, because it may impact your employee's ability to work a full day, for instance, or it may impact the cost of labor for people coming back. So those are just some state considerations that you don't wanna lose sight of as you're contemplating who to bring back, how many employees to bring back, and, and what are some of the considerations to think about uh, that go beyond what the federal law is going to require. That is very helpful context, Ellen. Thank you. And I wanted to bring in Darris at this point because both of you, uh, you know, real legal powerhouses at Unum. Ellen is really HR focused, focusing on the employer and representing the employer. Darris is has a strong focus on leaves of absence. And Darris, I wonder if you could speak us through the pay, state paid leave laws to be mindful of here also. Absolutely. There have been several states and individual jurisdictions or municipalities that have passed laws specific to COVID since this crisis began. And many are in response to what happened at a federal level. So as we all know, the federal law passed with the paid sick and the paid family leave, uh, but it only applied to smaller employers. So some of the municipalities, and I'll just for example, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Jose passed laws specifically to apply to those employers who weren't subject to the federal law to provide similar types of leave. Some are specific to certain industries, some are more broad reaching, but the the individual municipalities are looking to kind of uh, bridge a gap there that they see for employers who may not be subject to federal law in the need to protect employees who may need a leave of absence related to COVID. Uh, some states have done the same thing. For instance, Colorado passed their law, it's called the HELP law, um, but uh, up to two weeks of leave for COVID-related things where no law had existed before, like a no paid sick or anything like that to expand upon. So there is definitely new legislation out there beyond the federal level requiring employers provide 
paid leaves of absence most of the time to employees who are impacted by COVID. You've mentioned these new laws have passed. What about the existing laws and has there been change in that area? There absolutely has. Uh, Most of the states or municipalities that have paid sick laws in place have issued guidance outlining how those laws apply to COVID-related absences. Uh, Many of the paid sick laws already covered things like school closures for public health emergencies, but others have either issued guidance saying that how the laws apply. Some have amended existing laws and not just in the paid sick arena or earned sick law arena, but even some unpaid leave laws, for instance, In Oregon, they have a Family Leave Act. Um, D.C. has a Family Leave Act. And both of those have made amendments or issued guidance to explain and allow for leave related to COVID, school closures, quarantine orders, things like that. What's interesting about some of these is that guidance comes out, provides for additional leave that may have not been provided before, And really, employers are going to have to look not only how it applies, but if that employee has already used part of their or all of their paid leave bank, does this create a new bank of time that has to be layered onto that? Or is it just another reason for the existing bank and may not create a new entitlement? Each law is different in how they're issuing that guidance. So it's really important that employers look at that, do their research, and and know exactly how to apply it from both a pay and a leave of absence perspective. Well, Doris, thank you. That was very helpful. Uh, Resources, I'm sure, is on our audience's mind of where can I go next to find out more about this. Um, I know on Unum, on our website, we have a state laws sort of statutory program pages. So we're gonna link to those from our show descriptions. But Ellen, I wonder also, any resources you would recommend people go to to get a sense of this? Right. So, Claire, I think one good thing that's come out of the, the pandemic, if you will, is that there are a lot of law firms who are putting out free advice or, or, or free summaries, I guess is probably a better way to put it, out on the Internet, on their websites that cover any issue you could possibly think about when it comes to COVID-19. One law firm that I think has done a really good job of keeping us all up to date is Littler Mendelssohn. And if you go to Littler's website, they have um, state-by-state guides to a lot of what we've talked about today. So they have things called, you know, facing your face mask mask duties. And they have a state-by-state list on that. They have lists on stay-at-home orders, that type of thing. Um, So you can find a lot of the law firms are publishing some pretty good resources. And that would be a great place to start. Uh, So if you're in a particular state and you go out to a law firm and you see that your state has a particular law, that's a great way for you to start. And then you can dig in a little bit deeper once you have that access or once you have uh, noticed that there's a law there. And then, of course, you always want to talk to your own employment counsel to make sure you understand how these particular laws may apply to your business. Well, thank you so much to you both uh, for providing this expertise. And just a note for our listeners, if you're listening uh, on the unum.com site where we have the HR Trends uh, podcasts, you can also subscribe on your phone. So if you have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, we're there. So look for HR Trends and subscribe and we'll continue to send updates. Well, thank you, Ellen and Darius, for taking the time today. 
Thank you, Claire. Thanks, Claire. It was my pleasure. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.